This reminds me. Can you me give me permission to record, Will? I just gave it to Vic too. Well, I'd like okay, for us to both have it. I okay. like having a backup makes just in sense. case something terrible goes wrong. Something, something terrible. Great, <laughs> unless something great goes wrong. Too. Whatever, <laughs> what, anything well, going I, wrong is really if, the if somebody's house uh, uh, gets hit by an asteroid or <laughs> somebody experiences a home invasion. Mm-hmm. I just got back from Montana. And boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> I am I'm seriously am dog shit tired this morning. Um, we took the. Have y'all ever taken a, a red eye flight? Yep. Uh, yeah. I think so. Oh my god! It is uh, like I I was under the illusion like I always think that I can sleep on a plane. And yeah, how do people I, fucking sleep on? Planes? I don't understand it, man. I don't fucking get it. And uh, I'm not trying to turn this into a Jerry Seinfeld bit. So <laughs> fuck you, Josh. How do <laughs> people sleep on planes? <laughs> yeah. What's the deal with the Starbucks music? And, it, uh, and at three in the morning, I'm still getting airline peanuts. This is uh, insane. Uh, it's it's like I, okay, I really don't understand that though. I, I never really noticed until these flights that they play. Like coffee shop music as you're getting on the plane. I've never like, experienced that before. Okay, it's always I, quiet. If I, if I've I've we flew Delta both times, and every time we got on the plane, and I noticed it like I was hyper aware of it because of how fucking it, we we got on the plane at 11:40 in Montana. And our connecting flight was at seven, no, six forty. I think the next one in Atlanta. And uh, eleven forty to six forty. Yes, because we jumped two hours, so it was only a oh, three and a half oh. hour flight. Gotcha. So okay. our flight took off, and then we had a little bit of a delay. So and then to add the and two you hours, time zone. two two time two zones. Time zone. gotcha. We went from mountains mountain time to eastern time, right and uh, so yeah. So it felt like it was close to. Let's see. Our plane took off at eleven forty. We got home driving home from Raleigh uh, around noon. So it felt like twelve hours worth of traveling. <laughs> <laughs> when in reality, the like the amount of flight time was only about four and a half, five right hours. How was that so, drive? That must have been brutal. Uh, from Raleigh. Yeah. Oh my god! I thought I was gonna kill us all on I forty <laughs> on the way home. Like I was, I was struggling. I was gripping the steering wheel oh, as Jesus. hard as I could. Try, you know, my teeth hurt, my eardrums hurt because I was so fucking tired. <laughs> when you're driving like that, it really. Feels like it's like you're on a bullet, and you're just barreling down <laughs> the interstate, and you're just like, I hope this thing stays straight. That's the movie that I want to see. Not not about a man seeking revenge, or or uh, you know, out for for vengeance in the world or whatever. But just a dad trying to get his family home, staying awake, trying not to kill them by driving off the road. I want that, you know, hour and a half movie where it all takes place in a minivan. uh, And it's just, it's just about him dealing with, you know, uh, uh, you know, focusing on the, the I just see like the fan base of like the people in the theater being like, yep, that's how it is. Like a bunch of dads, you know? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That could be a side story in maximum overdrive. Where when they leave the area, and it's like, well, we have to stay awake for a long time to escape the rampaging tractor trailer with the green goblin face. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, what a fucking random movie to have a side story 35 years later. Yeah, right. I mean, that's how they're doing shit these days. I wouldn't that is true. Really. That yeah, is it's, true. A, it's a Hulu series now. Okay, I saw driving through some like nature preserve in Wyoming. Um, and for the listeners who don't know, I went to Yellowstone last week in the like adjacent areas for five or six days total. Um, incredible trip. One of the most random things we saw was like we're leaving this nature preserve and parked on the side of the road was this uh, truck, like a billboard truck, one of those super skinny uh, uh, trucks advertising the new season of Dexter. <laughs> like season eight or whatever. And, okay. <laughs> Tell me that Dexter has not been revived and that it, yes, it has. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was just imagining sense. like, Hey, don't forget that Dexter was a show from way back. <laughs> that, well, that's so at first I was like, Oh shit, that's an old truck that they never took down. Yeah, like that seat. would be like, my first feeling. You ever see like bus station advertisements for like, you know, Shrek two or yeah, some right. shit that like, you know, a movie that came out 15 years ago and they just never bothered to take it down. I thought that's what it was at first. Wait, was, then, was it driving around inside the park, like inside no. Yellowstone Park? <laughs> that would have been fucking hilarious. My my favorite is when I can go to DC and I can still see uh, like like posters and even like the little like sort of like promotional ones that are wrapped around uh, like telephone poles and whatnot. Right. For movies that have not that have not been in theaters, I think maybe since I hadn't even become a legal adult. <laughs> so it's it's pretty cool. I've seen something for like maybe like the hot chick or something like that. <laughs> oh, I would steal that if I saw one. Yeah, of those seriously, guys. you gotta you gotta grab one of those next time. Frame it. Uh, yeah, you can sell them to Josh's company for like. Yeah, we're getting into movie probably. posters. So, yeah. <laughs> movie posters from telephone poles from twenty years ago, yeah. lightly <laughs> it's a, used. It's a very specific category <laughs> on the website. <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, so, and the only reason I noticed it was because my son has been watching Dexter, uh, and he uh, he brought it up, he pointed it out or something, and uh, yeah. Th- so that was that was pretty pretty. Did you fucking did you random. see Old Faithful? Uh, Yes, did see Old right Faithful. Uh, how how is Old Marianne? <laughs> Who is Marianne? Marianne Faithful. Who no is Marianne idea. Faithful? Oh my, seriously? Is this a Simpsons reference? Yeah. No. <laughs> what, 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 I, I'm sorry, Ryan. I, I, I want to be a good teammate, but I don't, I don't know who that is. <laughs> ah, never mind. No, I, no, 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 no. I, wasn't, 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 wasn't that uh, Just say old, who it is. Marianne Faithful was an old-time singer for, who collaborated, I think, with the Stones, didn't she? I have no oh, fucking was she, idea. She three feet from stardom or whatever. Man, wow! I'm I'm genuinely surprised. Yeah, Marianne Faithful was an English song singer songer. Did you just become British? No, she she's a singer songer. She she's a sing songer, eh? No, like she she was a singer. Well, was she still alive? Um, who as the song? She's a homemaker now. As she had the song "As Tears Go By," she um, she had uh, ties with the Rolling Stones. Really, Marianne Faithful? You know, no idea. What did they foot race or something? <laughs> I, I think she was in an affair with. She did, I think, have a fling with Mick Jagger. I'm sure that my if my mom or dad are listening, they. Uh, I'm pretty sure he so. was married. 
Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound like uh, Mick Jagger. Not the Mick Jagger I know. Yeah, exactly. He, you tell me he stepped out on his wife. Damn. Okay, so maybe people our age would know her from providing the. Uh, Thanks for sort of... and that was Ryan's Boomer Corner. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> well, I'm sure some of y'all know because she did the like, the background like vocals on the Memory Remains by uh, Metallica. Like you know that song, like the the, the memory. But yeah, Why you know, like she'd be on that track. Wait, 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 wait. sing it for us. Wait, one does time? Sprocket it's, sing that song? It's, it's, <laughs> no, it's like that. It's that old lady, like weird melody in there. Da 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 da. That's Marianne Faithful. Okay, what's going on here? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I have no idea. Okay. Are you gonna talk to me um, about like converting my? Uh, traditional IRA into a Roth IRA next? Like, <laughs> what kind of boomerang shit are we doing here? Uh, oh, man. No, merci- uh, mercifully, let's move on. So, um, no, uh, I did not see Marianne Faithful spew water up from her mouth uh, <laughs> at Yellowstone to answer your question. Um, did you see did Yogi see- Bear? Yes, did see Yogi Bear. Um, we saw, let's see... Two grizzlies. Okay. Oh, you did see bears. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right so we saw... Dude, this shit... It's it's hard to put into words just how fucking wild this place is. Um, like, every, every corner, like, every road that you pass just seems like a... a like, it's, it, it almost feels artificial. You know what I mean? Like, it, it feels like every movie or television show or backdrop... Um, from a like a painting that you've ever seen come to life. It's it's incredible. I think it'd be easier if you showed pictures at some point because, like, on a podcast, like a picture is worth a thousand words. So <laughs> I think if you really tried to explain it, there, I don't think we have the time in one episode. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'll. Uh, um, it's like ten thousand words. I'll make a Flickr album uh, <laughs> that we can upload with the do, uh, do a photo bucket. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I've I've been to Yellowstone before because twice because I went with my grandmother to I think it's Gardner Montana. Did yes, you go? Uh, that, yep, That's we, the, we went the north there. entrance. Yep. Uh, in Gardner Montana, which I'm sure you saw, there's not much to that town, right? Not at all. <laughs> so they had the gathering for my grandmother's cult, which was called the Church Universal Triumphant. And she was in that cult. She was in that. Oh, you've heard of it. I, I actually looked this up, uh, unbeknownst to knowing anything about your grandmother. Yeah, so she was a follower of that that lady prophet. Yeah, Elizabeth Prophet. Yeah. Wow. She was. She was. They called her a keeper of the flame of the yeah. Church Universal Triumphant. Whoa. They, so they Will were... knows about Elizabeth Prophet, but not Marianne Faithful. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Marianne, Fa- so so Marianne Faithful, Elizabeth Prophet, unrelated, right? <laughs> they yeah. were what they were one word away from being able to abbreviate it as C U L T. I know they just have it as C U T. They should have called it the Church Universal Loving and Triumphant. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah. seriously, God damn, man, that's yet, amazing. So, so what I do know about the cult is that they were planning for Doomsday. They were a Doomsday cult, and yes, hundred percent. They hoarded weapons like in that in gardner montana they had made a giant which i think we went to that's where we went was their big uh 
I don't know what you call it, like their compound. Air- yes, exactly. Yeah, and uh, it was fucking weird. We went and. You know, they had, like, cool things where you could go, like, uh, canoe or, like, do horseback riding and stuff on the compound. Sure, sure. Uh, But there was a giant... You gotta make your cult kid-friendly. You yeah, have to. Yeah, they absolutely know. did that. Yep. I would say the food, not so much kid-friendly. <laughs> it was oh, definitely, yeah. like... Did they have weird, food. like, dietary stuff? Yeah, there was, like, uh, I mean, there was a lot of carob, you know? <laughs> and everything was, like, vegan and organic. Okay. <laughs> and there was, like, I mean, I wish I had taken a picture of this. It is so, looking back on it, it's fucking weird as hell, but there's a giant screen, I mean, huge screen, that's uh, around, like, the main gathering area, and it's just Elizabeth's prophet's face talking the whole time. Whoa. And, like, people would stop and, like, talk back at her, and they all called her mother. Yes, yeah, yeah I've, I've read that part. So to give people a little background, um, there, there's tons of articles uh, of, about this this specific cult. Um, it was very much thriving. The Church Universal and Triumphant had thousands of followers who believed that its leader, Elizabeth Clare Prophet, was a channel for God. Prophet told her followers that the world would end and move to the church. Uh, moved the church to a compound near Yellowstone National Park for safety. When the world didn't end and Prophet eventually died, the group mostly dissolved. Some small offshoots still exist in Montana near Yellowstone. Yeah, it was but my the, understanding that they're still going strong, I thought. I don't I don't know. It Probably not close to the peak of when right. you know, she was still alive and stuff. With the disappearance, uh, Doomsday Mom, Lori Vallow's two children, curiosity about the pep- prepper culture has grown. Okay, so there is a recent story involving a mother killing her two children that might be connected to this cult. Well, I can tell actually. you all those people, they all had weird, weird beliefs because um, I guess like how you're saying they believe that Elizabeth Prophet is a channel for God and they all believed a bunch of shit from different religions and and uh reincarnation was a big thing and like everybody wants to feel special so there's a lot of people that thought that they were reincarnations of somebody important you know wow. um we watched this one Weird. this one like talk of the guy he's a famous dude who he like survived getting struck by lightning i think more than once and like wrote a book about it and we were uh, watching it talk, and, like, St. Germain, I guess, is a big thing for those guys. And, like, while the guy was talking, he kept, like, referencing St. Germain. And, like, he, he was a funny guy, and he called him Jerry. And one guy, he's like... a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> one guy in the crowd stands up, and he's fucking pissed off. And he's like, I am the reincarnation of St. Germain, and I don't like it when you call me Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. That was bizarre. <laughs> oh um, yeah, I so recently we, we were in a place in I think it was we were driving through a section of Idaho and uh Tammy, my wife, was telling me about this uh true crime thing that, that happened recently where this woman's kids disappeared. Um, and she wouldn't, she just wouldn't say anything about them. She wouldn't tell the police what happened to them. She wouldn't admit that they like, she just acted like everything was normal. And they recently like found the bodies and, uh, her, there's this whole backstory. It's been in the news a lot lately. Her name is Lori Vallow, um, where her, like her husband mysteriously died. 
this guy she was having an affair with, his wife mysteriously died. Then her brother ends up getting killed by the guy who she's having an affair with. Oh my God. Like all these people died and like, she wasn't being arrested for anything because they couldn't figure out exactly what the hell was going on or who was responsible for any of this shit. Um, but we ended up driving through the town where all of this took place. And that's one thing about being out there. Like Vic, I don't know. You said you've been to Yellowstone as a kid. Yeah, um, we went twice specifically to go to the cult meetings, you know, but wow, we also, we went to Yellowstone wild too. that you were a part of that. <laughs> Holy know, shit. It's weird. Uh, Driving out there, like we drove through sections of Montana and Wyoming where you just get this overwhelming sense of spookiness. Oh, yeah. From like how, mm. how rural it is and yeah, how like there's places where there's just nothing there. We drove uh, close to 1,800 miles in five days. And when I say <laughs> we, I mean my ass drove 1,800 miles uh, on the Forerunner that we rented. So we, we nice. got our money's worth renting that car. But, <laughs> like, there's sections... Like, I never saw a cop one time yeah. driving 1,800 miles. Uh, I saw park rangers and stuff, but uh, uh, nothing... You know, they were just, like, making sure people didn't disturb wildlife. Do, do I remember correctly, in Montana, there are, like, roads that don't have speed limits so you can go as fast as you want there probably are we were we were pretty much around yellowstone so i think there were like there's speed limits on all the roads that we drove but it was like 80 miles an hour you know oh um so and and people were passing with ease uh you know folks going 80 miles an hour um but there's just this like air of you can do whatever the fuck you want out there, you know, because there Within is reason, anything that wouldn't piss off a park ranger. Yes, like, exactly. Exactly. Don't, don't, fu- it's like, don't fuck with the wildlife, the protected yeah. wildlife. Don't and you litter. can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, I just kept having this overwhelming sense of like looking off in the distance, you know, they call it big sky country. And yeah. it really feels overwhelming when you're driving out there, like the sun's low in the sky and it's lighting up the mountains and shit. And you just, you feel like you're in Jurassic park or something, <laughs> you know, you feel like you've been transported back in time. But I also, I get that feeling like you could get away with murder out there. Right? Well, that, exactly. <laughs> so, like, you, you just look off in the distance and you just wonder how many ba- bodies are buried out there. I bet there's a lot. You know, like, like it, you just, like, that, that thought kept running through my head every time I would look off into the distance. Um, like I said, I don't know how to explain it other than just, like, an overwhelming, spooky kind of sensation. Do they, like, check your car when you go into Yellowstone? No. So no. you could feasibly like bring a body. Yes, a hundred percent, and feed it to the grizzlies if you wanted to. <laughs> hey, hey, boo boo, human flesh. <laughs> uh, can you get Tammy on the Zoom so we can see that she made it back? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she did make it back. Um, I would not have. Uh, did she uh, make it back alive? Yes, she did. Hundred percent. She well, she was dead to the world yesterday. I will say that because of our red eye flight, uh, she slept for like twelve hours straight. Um, it's impressive. I think that somehow brings it into my my topic uh, real quick. Unless we have more to talk about with the cult. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. I um, like their eighties output. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just like a really quick game, I thought we would play. Um, on here. Okay. I want to play so, a game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So um, it's a game of fuck, marry, kill. 
<laughs> with uh, George Center wives. <laughs> oh, good lord! Jesus okay. Christ! So that's Tammy, right. Sarah, New Lisa, topic. And Vic, Vic, what do you got this week? <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, no! You can't, you can't skip over that. Let the man continue with his topic. Uh, can we talk about race instead? I, I have, okay, I have nothing to lose here because I'm not married. No, so. no, you have everything to lose. Oh, yeah, stop yeah. talking. R- Ryan's the only one that could really answer this. Okay, all right, I got a question. I got a question. <laughs> I got a question. This is a conundrum. What do you say about your own wife? Like, obviously, obviously you don't choose the kill option, but which no. of the other two do you say about your own wife? Obviously, Mary, right? Okay, so you're going to fuck somebody else's wife oh, but marry your That's what I'm saying. There's no way out. This is the worst. This really is Saul. Exactly. Oh, my God. Okay. Just, like, just let it rip my head off. Yes, exactly. All right. Sarah, that was all your husband um, just then. Okay, next uh, uh, next episode. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm already ready to kill kill this episode. Let's just let's just cut this one off at the best. You know, it, 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 it could be it could be worse. I could create a template on Tear Maker for George Center Live. <laughs> no, God, stop! Uh, I want to get off of this topic so bad. Well, you um, can. I mean, if you pick, you'll. Yeah. <laughs> topics this week uh i was thinking that you should go into your topics that you've had on the document forever uh i don't okay let's see let's let's i'll let you guys choose out of what i've got and then hopefully i have something more to say about them at this point because they're like months old (laughs) (laughs) i think the sticker story would be interesting okay so uh I don't know what we were talking about exactly in relation that, that made me think of this, but uh, um, I was going to tell you about the time my uh, my middle son got in trouble at middle school. Um, my, my three large sons. <laughs> my three, they're get yeah, they are they are large at this point. Does he have to go to middle school because he's your middle son? Yes, yeah, that's he. He's not allowed to go to oldest school or younger school. Um, <laughs> There's young school, middle school, and older school. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, uh, we got a call. Tammy actually got a voicemail one day that she immediately forwarded to me and asked me if I knew what they were talking about. And I listened to the recording and. It was the school saying that Kylan was in the principal's office because he had been uh, vandalizing stuff at school. Um, the the school itself and other kids like uh, instruments and some other stuff. Uh, you know, just like I forget exactly what they listed on the voicemail. Hell yeah! And Tammy <laughs> asked me. She asked me if I knew what they were talking about, and. I thought, like, at first I was like, no, what? Like, as I was typing it out, texting her, it suddenly dawned on me that I knew exactly what they were talking about. And the reason is, is because a few days earlier, I had uh, hired a guy to do some work on my boat uh, in the driveway. 
And he asked me if I had any like brake cleaner or like, uh, you know, engine starter, you know, kind of the stuff that you spray with a can, you know, to get like a lawnmower going or something. Yeah. And I looked in the garage and I found a can and as I'm walking back over to him and handing it to him, I'm like looking at the label and underneath the label, there is a blue sticker that says for rectal use only on it. And like, as I'm handing it to him, I'm like, what in the fuck? And I just hand it to him and I see him take a look at it and then like look confused and then just start doing his work. And I'm speechless and I don't bring it up. He doesn't bring it up. And then it dawns on me, like, I I basically, I connect that moment to the voicemail that Tammy got <laughs> and realize that this little shit had gotten a package from Amazon earlier in the week. Oh, and I we like never, that he bought it. He went out of his way and bought it. He ordered this shit off of Amazon, a roll of a thousand stickers that says for rectal use only. And he had gone around the school and placed the stickers on, like, any vaguely shaped thing that you could shove up up your ass uh and like like so like this kid's like bow for their violin he put one on there he had like then we start finding them around the house we found them on a banana like we found them on like a uh, uh, the shampoo bottles like they were fucking everywhere and we spent like weeks hunting these things down because we had like company this was like years ago this is five years ago at this point um, it's like a real life version of the thing in Superbad where he just keeps drawing dicks everywhere as a kid. <laughs> kind of, yes, yeah, exactly. Um, but but yeah, so that that's the sticker story. Uh, it it just uh, I, like I said, this was weeks ago that I thought to tell it, um, but it was just a funny funny moment. It, he he had to spend like I think a couple of of lunches and detention you know the in-school suspension thing oh, that's um, not so bad. and he had to help like the janitor clean up all the stickers and shit <laughs> did, did he <laughs> and, put uh, a sticker on the broom that said for rectal use only <laughs> i hope so i hope so but anyway i confiscated the stickers from him and took them to work and then proceeded to do the exact same thing all over my, <laughs> my place of employment. so there is there is still uh for rectal use only stickers on the bathroom stall doors which <laughs> You know, it makes sense. You know, that's like the one application for that that you can uh, get away with. Because did, did you make him true. close his Amazon account so he can? No, no, shit? we didn't. We didn't. Like, what what happened was he ended up getting a gift card from a relative or something at the time, and uh, you don't need like to have an account to use the Amazon okay, gift card. Yeah. Really, you just you know put in your address for delivery. But yeah, that was the most mischievous thing uh, that he. I think he got up to. That's the only time he ever got in trouble. But I honestly, like, I, I I didn't punish him for it. You know, he got in trouble at school. I just told him how fucking funny it was. Um, I did not, I did not uh, parent him in any way. I was like, that is a good fucking joke. <laughs> That's goddamn hilarious. Damn. I did not parent him. You no, know, I did not at all. Um, but anyway, that's the sticker story. Oh, nice. You, you came and told him afterwards saying, boy, have I got a collection of stuff for you. Like why? Like you know, wide load coming through, <laughs> or, like all like oh, all the man. stuff, all the stuff that I think you can still buy at Hot Topic, right? Or uh, Spencer's <laughs> gifts or some shit. Yeah. yeah, like you know, the voices in my head listen to me. <laughs> uh, and it has a picture of uh, the Joker. Heath Ledger is the Joker. 
Oh, I see God. dumb people. I see dumb. <laughs> oh. Man. Like anything that has fucking Stewie from Family Guy on it. You know what's funny is like those shirts have turned into like boomer memes. Like the only people that I see share those are like old dudes that ride a motorcycle on yeah, the weekends. Absolutely. Uh, you know, on Facebook. Like those are the those are the folks or like uh women who share a lot of minion memes uh <laughs> with with those captions on there. Like that's it, they're also the only people I ever see wear that merchandise, yeah. wear that, wear those shirts. I, uh, yeah. When I used to work at the head shop, my dad came in one time and like, I saw him like a few days later and he was like, boy, I was in your shop there and they had a sticker in there. It said horn broken, watch for finger. It's the funniest <laughs> damn thing. And he would bring it up. Like weeks later, he was like, "That damn sticker said horn broken." Watch him like. <laughs> Please tell me you bought him the sticker. No, I think he bought it himself. <laughs> he just couldn't get over how fucking funny. I was like, "You've never heard that joke?" Like, I'm like, "What? How, I'm 22. Like, I've seen this sticker a million times. Like, how have you lived this long without seeing it?" I got one that says, "Don't like my driving." Call one eight hundred. Kiss my ass. <laughs> That is, it's, it is one of those funny things to watch someone discover a joke or a <laughs> style of humor that you're very familiar with, but that they ha just has never entered their consciousness before. Yeah, right. It's kind of like how I feel like it was when I watched Anchorman for the first time. You know, that style of like early aughts, Will Ferrell, Judd Apatow, Adam McKay mm -hmm. movie. Like, that wasn't a thing before those guys did it, right? So, like, that that style of humor kind of, like, completely, it, it was so funny because it was new, which is kind of probably a, a micro version of what your dad was experiencing having never seen that yeah. sticker before. <laughs> It's just kind of funny to think about. But. But, but I feel like also in our heads with that, we've already, like, made it ironic like he's coming at it for the first time and then like i'm wanting to buy the sticker because it, it's like <laughs> yeah, an right. irony thing so it's right, already been right, through cycles right. but they're just like <laughs> it's like fresh like to live the world through those eyes exactly exactly <laughs> okay. that's why like those videos of, of watching people listen to songs that they've never heard before oh yeah like like very what we would consider played out overplayed right. songs that we've heard 10 million times I absolutely adore watching those videos of somebody getting to experience that for the first time because I am jealous of it, right? Like, <laughs> I I wish I could remember the first time I ever heard the drums come in on Phil Collins in the air tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, know, I, I know what video you're referring to specifically. Well, yeah, that, that's yeah. the one that went super popular. Those twins, those brothers that, that watch the video all the time. Um, I can't remember. Uh, they listened to like Tennessee Whiskey by Chris Stapleton, and like, and and it blew their mind, or Freebird or something. Yeah, I think I like, watched the Freebird one. The, yeah, I've I seen wish, the Freebird. I wish I could remember the first time I ever heard Freebird and, and relive the moment of of that guitar Was it solo when you were watching Forrest Gump. <laughs> you know what? Is that maybe so? Gump? Like, I mean, Forrest Gump came out in like '94, right? So I would have yeah. been nine years old. So you're you're probably not too far <laughs> off there. It kind of reminds me a little bit of a topic um, that 
um, uh, Ozzy Darden posted on Facebook where he was talking, where he was talking about, you know, giving a list of like, give me a number and it, and it has a different movie opinion attached to it. And he brought up, uh, you know, when I, I said, you know, name a movie that you used to like that you don't like now. And he brought up Forrest Gump, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> which, you know, and bringing up all the points that I, you know, have heard many, many times before. Um, and I agree with every one of them. Um, which is that it is pretty much boomer masturbation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's kind of, it has that kind of like lesson towards the end. We're sort of like, well, you served your country, you did everything as plain Jane as possible. Then maybe you wouldn't have gotten AIDS and died. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not too far off from the message of that, that movie. Um, I, I've always been curious. I've never been curious enough to actually follow through on it, but you know, Forrest Gump is based off of a book, and apparently the character of Forrest Gump in that book is way, like, raunchier and curses a lot. And yeah. it, it, like, completely – I, I – I, it, it's very uh, contradictory to how he is uh, portrayed by Tom Hanks in the movie. So yeah. I've always wondered just how off you know, the rails they kind of or reverse off the rails they went with it with the movie versus the book. There's apparently a a sequel to the book too, um, that has more like shenanigans and whatnot. So the sequel, they were going to make a sequel to the movie Mm -hmm. and it was going to start with Forrest Gump being in New York city on nine 11. (laughs) No (laughs) fucking way. it, It was, it was so like, Man, now now I uh, I need to look this up. Forrest Gump sequel. Hold on one second. So as Forrest Gump taught us with life and boxes of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get. But screenwriter Eric Roth, who picked up an Oscar for the 94 film, which is kind of wild to think that like 9-11 was only seven years after the original Forrest uh, Gump yeah. came out. Yeah. Uh, so Eli Roth's brother was going to direct it too? Yes. Eli, <laughs> yes. <laughs> very very uh twisted movie um the guy okay all right i was wrong about that literally the guy that wrote the sequel called gump and company uh turned in the script the day before 9-11 okay yeah and he said after 9-11 like the like the next day the movie has no meaning anymore in that sense so not only did 9-11 uh, take down the towers, but it also cost <laughs> us the sequel to Forrest Gump. <laughs> well, never forget. Like, <laughs> never the forget. Book, the book itself uh, goes into because I think the movie would have been different. Like you were saying, like anything that they would have turned in just right. was void after that point of time in history. But it's uh, so they re-recruit uh, Forrest Gump to go into the military, and they send them to uh, Iran. And he meets with the president, and Forrest Gump thinks... <laughs> Wait, is this real? Yeah, Forrest Gump uh, thinks that he must have been a cowboy or an actor. That's Ronald Reagan. <laughs> um, and he says, Forrest, uh, Reagan congratulates Forrest on winning the Medal of Honor when Forrest simply states, I just ran, because he's an Iran. <laughs> um, and it said, on the mission itself, they meet Ayatollah uh, Khomeini, and the mission is discovered, and everyone disavows responsibility, save for Forrest, who is jailed. So he's, I guess, jailed. He goes to, I guess, Iran on a mission to kill the Ayatollah? 
<laughs> I don't know. Or to free the uh, hostages? Was this during the, the hostage crisis? Because that were... No. Does Forrest Gump end in 1994, the original I, movie? I thought it did. But I think that's where the movie and the book itself are different. And, like, because it was written earlier. Um, so, one other thing it says, like, in the book part of Gump and Company. Um, so... Forrest is cast as Goliath in a daily reenactment of, of the fight, and he finds the work harmful as he constantly hit with the rock from this guy who plays David and who keeps muttering about Jodie Foster. <laughs> what the David. fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> Holy shit. That sounds like I would have watched this movie. Yeah. Oh, man. Do, you, and do, he you, said, do you think that Forrest Gump would have been friends with the Bjork stalker? There was a Bjork familiar? stalker. Are you not familiar with that story? I know the Night Stalker. I don't know the Bjork stalker. Oh man, that's a, that's Slightly, that's much really. that's much darker than uh, John Hinckley. So yeah. maybe I should in, save that for another day. Oh, and Gump and Company, they because I, I guess the book was written later than I realized. Um, they meet Tom Hanks and <laughs> while he's filming. So, so there's a there's a Julia Roberts Ocean's Twelve uh, moment. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. does that happen in Ocean's Twelve? Yeah. Weird. Well, she they they acknowledge. Yeah, Julia Roberts plays the character right. that Julia Roberts plays, and also there's a moment where they meet Julia Roberts, and they have Julia Roberts' character pretend to be Julia Roberts, and they there's like this moment where that she's like, "Don't say it. Don't say I look like her." Like they and and they they like have to convince her to pretend to be Julia Roberts because she looks like her so much. <laughs> In the it's, new wow. in the new Rorschach uh, miniseries that DC Black Label's been putting out, uh, apparently one of the recent issues they meet Frank Miller in the comic, <laughs> which I thought was like Do I they, saw a screen cap and they're just almost like, well, Mister Miller, you know, like we need your help on something, blah blah blah. And I was just like, this is so fucking wrong. I fucking hate so that weird. shit. So Who much. originated that? I like. I liked it. And and this was because I like the entire series, but when Stephen King did it in The Dark Tower, where mm. he wrote himself into the story, I kind of dug it because that story was just so fucking far out to begin with. <laughs> uh, I know, yeah, I know before him, Kurt Vonnegut did it a decent amount. Did he really? Um, that's mainly what I can think of. Because um, he, he talks about, and one of his characters, Kilgore Trout is the guy's name, like knows that Kurt Vonnegut is watching him. Uh-huh. And like is wondering when Kurt Vonnegut's just gonna like suck all the air out of the world that they live in since he knows it's not like a real world. Okay. Uh, is yeah, that, so that sounds like have you guys ever heard of the sequel to Don Quixote, Don Quixote Two or whatever? Uh uh-uh. uh. This sounds like I'm about to make a joke. It's not <laughs> Don Don's still doing things. <laughs> I thought you said the squeak wolf for a second. <laughs> a, a big part of the storyline of Don Quixote two involves I guess Jorge Cervantes and like the people in the story acknowledging that it's a story and it completely breaks the fourth wall. It is the most bonkers thing I've ever heard. If you've never heard of the storyline, I've, I've I actually have heard of that because I, I read this like this history about like breaking the fourth wall and acknowledging your audience, and and they brought up Don Quixote actually. Um, but 
I don't actually know the story of Don Quixote. I feel like every time, I feel like that's one of those stories where every time someone explains it, it sounds radically different than the last time I heard it. Yeah, explained. So I, I think it's a big part of uh, literary uh, history, you know, like the way the book is written, the way the story is told is more important than the story itself. Gotcha, you know, like gotcha. if, if you just sit down and say what happens in the Don Quixote story, it's like not a whole lot of much. Right. But I think it's just the way it's told, which which reminds me, I watched, have you guys seen The Lighthouse, the movie? No, I, Nick, hear, I hear it's Nicholas really Sparks? fucking good. Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Willem Dafoe one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. and Christina watched it uh, a couple nights. She fucking hated it. Isn't there a bunch of just jerking off to Driftwood in that movie? There's a little bit. Okay, okay. (laughs) Tiny bit. It is is the same guy, uh, I think it's Robert Eggers, Eggers, who did um, The Witch, which I fucking love The Witch. The Witch was fucking cool So we're talking about jerking off, and you said Eggers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little Freudian slip there. But yeah, uh, so maybe. if you sat down and like explained the storyline of this movie, not <laughs> much really happens in it. But yeah. but it is an experience in uh, the two act like Robert Patterson, Robert Pattinson, and Willem Dafoe. Their acting is like over the top awesome. Like it's like a study in acting. Yeah, and Edward then, and Green Goblin. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then in filmmaking, too, because every scene in the whole movie is, like, obviously planned out to look so specific. It's amazingly Mm -hmm. done. And and then the storyline, it's like, you don't necessarily understand what's in somebody's head or what's happening in real life. But it doesn't matter because, like, it's just an exercise in amazing filmmaking. So, just if you're going into it, like, for the story... You're not going. You're going to be like, well, this movie sucks. But like, right, if right, you're right. if you're from an acting and filmmaking standpoint, it's amazingly done. I love uh, uh, realizing kind of partway through a movie that a narrator is completely unreliable. Right. Um. I, right. I Fight really, Club. Yeah, like <laughs> like Fight Club is is probably the most pop culture version yeah. of that. But uh, there was a movie um, with, or not a movie, but a series on HBO, uh, that Amy Adams series, uh, where they she's a she's a weasel one for me. I don't know who she is, which she's one a, she is. A we- you just called her a weasel? Yeah, Damn. you know what I mean. Come on, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, like buddy. <laughs> no, like <laughs> shark. <laughs> It's the uh, yeah, she, she reminds Vic of Pauly Shore. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Aaron Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart, Tom Jane thing oh, that we talked the about. Big yes, uh, yeah. uh, Sharp Sharp Objects is the name of the series oh. on HBO. Oh, okay. um, that that series partway through, you realize that she is an unreliable ni- narrator, and one of the ways that they portray that is as she's like driving down the road and they don't draw attention to it. Is this a spoiler here? (laughs) No, it's, it's not a spoiler. It's just something that happens throughout the series. You will see like signage off in the background and it will have words on it, like whore or slut or things that like are running through her mind by being back in her hometown. And it'll, it'll be in the logo or font of like, like an old Pepsi sign, right? Except the word will be whore instead of Pepsi on there. And you have to catch these things in the background and you realize that you were seeing this entire story through her specific lens of being in this hometown. It's just a cool way. Like, I think they, 
describe this phenomena in the book, but they don't uh, uh, they don't bring your attention to it explicitly in the series. It's just kind of a cool filmmaking technique. Is there a possibility that she also uses this to remember a grocery list as she's driving by, and it says like two ply paper, eggs, jar of Nutella. Is that it's what possible? Do you, <laughs> do you write on your grocery list two ply paper? Uh, yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. How do you do you describe your toilet paper that you're going to buy, or do you just say toilet paper? Uh, sometimes it has to be very specific. Where it have says, you, "I've never even seen hard. one ply." I, okay. I've never seen one ply. I think that's only what they put in offices. I okay. Or gas station I, bathrooms. Yeah. I've <laughs> made the joke many times that I would love to see what is on Ryan's computer. But I think more so, I would love a tour of his refrigerator. Um, uh, I, I would love to see what his grocery list is like. Uh, I think even more so. Um, before we get too far off the Forrest Gump topic, I just want to read this uh, paragraph. Okay, Forrest Gump, the sequel, would have featured Tom Hanks running through moments in the latter quarter of the 20th century, starting with the AIDS crisis. <laughs> Quote, and people wouldn't go to class with him in Florida. We had a funny sequence where they were desegregating busing in Florida at the same time. So people were angry about either the busing or their kids having to go to school with the kid who had AIDS, said Roth. Forrest would then dance with Princess Diana, mm. hiding hiding in the back of OJ's Bronco and oh. losing a, it, a, this this line that I'm I'm about to read is like we should ah god damn it. It's so fucking bad. This sounds like a mad and, TV skit. And losing a Native American love interest in the Oklahoma City bombing. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got nothing. Holy I shit. I not laugh at that. I'm uh, sorry. I, that's... Uh, Sometimes people read books that have bad words and it makes them do bad things. <laughs> that Timothy McVeigh was a bad man. I uh, served in the 1st Battalion with them. <laughs> <laughs> but like but but yeah so, so that's OJ was so mad that is those are those are moments that they had in the script but yet 9-11 is what made them realize that it uh the the movie was meaningless you know what i mean like what a, what like you mean are you saying that the movie was win- meaningless way before that <laughs> right like 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 all the like 911 like they realized i guess that this movie was tasteless because 911 happened i'm not exactly sure it's it's one of those things where like oh yeah let's include uh Let's include the Oklahoma City bombing because we don't, as screenwriters, we're like probably, you know, I, I don't, I don't know these guys specifically, but it feels like a very Hollywood thing where like they have a connection point to New York, so that's what makes them realize that it's probably a tasteless thing versus like the Oklahoma City bombing happening in like flyover country. They, you know, they just see it as like a, a you know, a removed news story yeah, they that they can pass the end of their nose. On exactly, shirt. exactly. They can just include this in their film and it's not like a real event or anything, but because <laughs> they have a connection point to this city or something being in in entertainment they uh they they realize it's tasteless after this that. is this is another datum in the set of like evidence that people that make movies are idiots and assholes <laughs> yes 100 <laughs> percent. like, like how uh, do they get away with so much shit <laughs> more more like holly weird am i right <laughs>
Shahan, what do you got for topics this week? So a little while ago, for I think when it must have been the umpteenth time, I went and I rewatched The Naked Gun, uh, which uh, still holds up pretty well. Uh, what does not hold up well, I did not chronic, I did not chronicle or, or excuse me, log this on Letterboxd, but uh, I watched the original scary movie, <laughs> and that did not hold up at all. I was about to that, say hold up, like was it ever up to begin with? Like <laughs> I, well, when I was a teenager, I thought that shit was the funniest thing I'd ever seen, <laughs> and. Then, like, the more they just kept making them, they just got progressively worse and raunchier and less clever. And it kind of made me wonder, I'm like, did the parody genre really die around, like, the early to mid-2000s? Because yes, the, yeah. the last time I remember seeing a parody of something that I thought was still pretty fucking funny uh, were some of Edgar Wright's early films. Like, I still think... Edgar Wright parody movies? I would, I would call... Uh, or maybe at least satires, but like I would call like Shaun of the Dead and Hot okay. Fuzz parodies yeah. or like satires of their respective genres. It's but, really hard to compare that to scary movie, hundred percent disaster yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, and that's what I think is that the bar got set so low by some of those movie movie ones yeah. becoming so popular that the the one that I think still holds up as far as the the jokes in it go is not another teen movie. I was wondering if you're going to say that. Yeah. I disagree so hard. I think it holds up. <laughs> really? I, I, do, I do more think than the, More than these other ones. More, more than I'm, like... I'm kind of uh, with Vic on this one. What <laughs> was the one that parodied 300? Oh, Meet the Spartans. You and I watched Meet the that. Spartans. <laughs> oh. Have y'all ever seen Meet the Spartans? I could have gone the rest of my at, life without being reminded that that exists. I think I oh saw it at God. CB Theater. It, it's got, <laughs> uh, you know, it's got everyone's favorite out-of-work actor turned crazy Christian nut job, uh, Kevin Sorbo. Oh, nice. Oh, oh, that yeah. makes sense. He would fit yeah. in pretty well. 100%. It's like, no, Will and I watched that when I used to work at Hollywood Video because that we were both like, man, I heard this is fucking terrible. And I was like, I'm not suffering through this alone. And I remember <laughs> you just looked so stone-faced when we were watching this. You, you, We both turned and looked at each other a couple times like, is this a real film? Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> is, it it enters, is it worth watching for just the shock factor of how no. No, no. Okay. It's, no, it's not even good. It, it's it's it doesn't it's even circle back around to to being like entertainingly bad. It's just <laughs> it's 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 one of those movies. It's kind of like like a CBS sitcom in that it's not actual jokes they're doing. They're just saying stuff at you the entire time. <laughs> and like it, it would it would have benefited. It's so bad it would have benefited from a laugh track. Um, uh, just like which would. You know, sounds like it would be out of place on a movie, but like you, you're not even really sure when you like what you're hearing is a joke that you should laugh. Um, but that the whole, I would say the the peak of that genre is uh, Christopher Guest movies parodying, you know, documentary parodies. Why uh, those parodies mm. though? They're not really parodies though. I mean, I get what you're saying, uh, but like. The parody movies, they'll straight up have, like, a thing that they're just riffing on the ring or something. Like, right. Christopher Guest would never do that. It's like a self-contained story that is but, just more like a snapshot of, like, a small person, you know? <laughs> like, a small culture thing. They would never explain the joke to you and say, it, it's just like this scene in right. Spider-Man. 
I know it. I know it feels like like it's two completely different genres of film. But what they're doing is parodying a genre of film. Well, right? no, like, no. See, here's the difference: is Christopher Guest is parodying real life situations, whereas like these other movies, they're parodying other films. You know, I, I disagree. I think I think uh, a large part of Christopher Guest's style is parodying the type of documentary that he is going at. So like with, with the, uh, like there's a lot of like mid seventies rock and roll documentaries and spinal tap looks and feels exactly like those in the filmmaking style, He's not just for like the, a, the last waltz kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, and also with best in show, there are documentaries about intense, like, 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 little niche competition documentaries and his filmmaking style is very much like that. Now he's also parodying the real world characters that exist in these other documentaries. But again, it feels like we're talking about two different things here because the quality level is so, <laughs> is that so, what the difference is? <laughs> exactly. Like, like, you know, like, Led Zeppelin is a rock and roll band, and so is a you know seventeen year old kid's garage band. You know that <laughs> that practices once a month. Those are both rock and roll bands, right? <laughs> but they don't feel like they're both rock and roll bands, like in the same sense, because the orders of magnitude are so different in quality. You know, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. technically, the- they're the same thing. Where they're connected, though, even more so than you realize, is they at their peak they both dated fifteen year olds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, god damn! Oh good. fuck! Uh, keep that in, Vic. Keep that in. Fuck. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know how to move away. All right, Josh, what do you got for topics this week? Uh, I really refused to bring any, um, just so that you would bring something. Okay. Um, oh, wow. But, okay. But, that that uh, sounded like a bad. Um, yeah, I'm on strike. Okay. Um, <laughs> Should we talk about the fact that uh, we made an episode yesterday? I guess we did. <laughs> did you make an episode should yesterday? We, should that have been a surprise? Oh, I, don't I don't know how far it would have been able to get into the surprise. Because at some point we'd be like, oh, I need an image for the episode. <laughs> and then you're like, what's the episode? Oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. We recorded, I guess it's like mainly about like Christian films and like <laughs> mockbusters is what we talked about yeah. for the most part. Oh, shit. Okay. Is this going to be uh, like a, another? So um, for the listeners, I was not here yesterday. I was traveling uh, yesterday morning and subsequently all through the night and dan also um, was traveling so <laughs> oh was he on the episode as well no no he wasn't okay okay yeah dan's not here as well he's on vacation we were hoping he was going to join us as the vacation correspondent um <laughs> for this episode i think he's in new york right now yeah um visiting some family but new york um, city <laughs> New York City. <laughs> do you think people remember those commercials? I know I do. The Pace Picante. Yeah. <laughs> Pace Picante. Was it salsa or sauce or salsa, like what was it? Yeah. Salsa. Oh man. I salsa. thought you were doing another parody of Forrest Gump. So you could go. <laughs> man, that like that is probably one of the stickiest things in my brain from like Dude, uh commercials every time that you... somebody mentions fucking new york city it happens in my head <laughs> yes same same absolutely a hundred percent uh 
So if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google Pace Picante New York City uh, for those commercials. <laughs> I can picture them like the 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 cowboys and stuff that, that yeah. turn to the camera and say it and everything. Um, but, okay, so you guys recorded a, a, a secret episode that might never see the light of day. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I, I guess. I thought it would maybe <laughs> oh, see no, the light I, of day. I, I, I don't know okay, why. We're why putting that, that fucking thing out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You guys You guys were talking about keep it, like like being secretive about it. <laughs> well, we're just kind of almost trying to see if we could release it without uh, <laughs> even telling y'all about it. So I was wondering, do you think Dwight Schrute would have gotten the vaccine? Uh, I saw that topic, and <laughs> I think no, but I think that the hijinks of the show, they could easily trick him into doing it. Yeah, see, that's what, what my answer was going to be. Like, they would somehow talk him into it, or you're like, Jim would like just pull a trick or something. To they would do a, like a zombie apocalypse and be <laughs> like that if you don't, be, basically people that were unvaccinated are turning into zombies. <laughs> and then they would all kind of like lumber outside to do the shot and then like Michael Scott kind of zombieing up. And he's like, you got to get vaccinated. And so they like actually have a nurse there and they vaccinate him. And, you know, so that's. But I wonder if he would believe that if he ate like, five raw eggs a day then it would keep him from getting covid that he gets from like his farm you know i think i i think you're onto something josh i think dwight would not trust the government's vaccine he would make his own successful <laughs> vaccine at home by like injecting injecting like a a uncracked egg with some kind of, like like with the virus letting it fester in there and then consuming but, the but eggs but then and somehow it, jim would get in there and swap it with an actual real vaccine so when he's yes, <laughs> yes exactly but he would definitely not neither would uh angela oh angela she definitely get, would she not, would definitely yeah. not get vaccinated I honestly, I'm not sure about Jim and Pam. Um, I know I just said that Jim would, but I, maybe Pam would be like a little bit, because then they'd start getting into their kids. Right. Like Jim got vaccinated, but you're not really sure about Pam. I don't know. I think Pam would. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, think I think definitely Kevin would, because he'd be like, he's secretly the smartest person. Like he's yeah. a, he stumbles into being smarter than everybody else, you know? The idea of somebody making their own vaccine uh, in order to ensure their safety does sound like something the characters in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia would probably do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, do you think they would get vaccinated? I'm sure that Mac wouldn't oh. get vaccinated, right? I I'm certain that I'd say Dennis and Dee probably would. Yeah. Uh, Charlie would probably think you have to drink the vaccination. <laughs> And this is a good topic in general, not to cut you <laughs> off right hand, but just like which characters would get vaccinated yeah, from right. television. Who, or more specifically, I guess, who are the anti-vaxxers? Yeah, on television, like well, is Frazier is Frazier getting vaccinated? Frazier's definitely getting vaccinated. His dad, maybe not though. Do you think that Larry David's character on Kirby Enthusiasm would get the vaccine? I do. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's I get the one. feeling he would probably be extremely. 
against it or he would have some sort of excuse to say, ah, you know, not proven to be 100% effective. And as long as I stay away from people like I usually do. <laughs> you know, I would consider myself a fan of that show. But like going back and watching it again, I'm like, you know, the main plot point of Curb Your Enthusiasm is that Larry's just a huge fucking asshole. Like he's yeah, a complete that, that's piece where of most shit. of the the comedy derives from. Right? Yeah, it's actually the reason as to why I like it, and that <laughs> um, I will say that the thing with a show like that, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, is that they are largely unlikable people, but they get what's coming to them in the end. Yeah, that's true. They get their comeuppance. Yes. Yeah, I I actually don't. I feel like Larry David would the character Larry David would get vaccinated. I think uh, so too. Yeah. Because like, he still, he still like portrays a very liberal person, like in kind of an old school liberal person. Like, and so I think like his friend group would there, it would be a very excruciating journey to get it. Yeah. And he would have a problem <laughs> waiting in the line. Yeah. You know, he would try and figure out some tricky way to like get around having to wait in the line and then something would happen and make him have to wait. You'd be longer. like, ah, it's like I'm famous. You want me to continue making funny stuff, right? Oh, yeah. They would do a thing where he would try and get it early because he's a senior citizen. And then he would debate with someone why he is. But then he doesn't. It's like he wants to be a senior citizen so he can get the vaccine. But he doesn't want to be because it like will fuck up this date that he has. <laughs> With like potentially one of the nurses, so that that's the hijinks. But he would always want to get it. Uh, All right, Josh, you want to take us out on uh, Stephen Tyler's? Does the noise in my head bother you? I'd love to. Uh, okay, so we're on page 35. <clears throat> Take a compass. It's just a needle floating on the surface of oil that's not allowed to float freely. The power holding that needle is magnetism. The needle is quivering, picking up the slightest frequencies. Now, if you could amplify that, in 30 years, they're going to be able to do that. And I'll have been sitting here going, you know, there's power in the needle of a compass and... It's actually a magnetic grid, the Earth. So if you could amplify the magnetic frequencies of a guitar string, you could certainly amplify the magnetic frequencies of Earth and beam it out there. Then you'd have the galactic blues blasted and stratocasted out to the farthest planets in the cosmos. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn. Right outside my house in Sunapi, there's a big rock that my kids used to call Sally. It was their favorite thing to climb because it was big and menacing, and it drew them in. I had a special mystic boulder, too, but I never named my rock. It was right behind Papa's cabin. It's probably 30 feet around and 7 feet high. Its surface so slick and smooth you can't get a grip to climb it. But next to this rock was a tree... And using the tree, I leveraged myself up and onto the top of the rock. I thought, if I can get on this rock and stand where no other human has ever stood, I can communicate with aliens. <laughs> this raised some eyebrows among the other eight-year-olds in the playground. When I scaled <laughs> the boulder, <laughs> my first thought was, holy shit, I'm on top of the world. This is my rock. 
Then I ran down to the basement of Troy Rico, Troy Rico, whatever, uh, grabbing a fucking chisel and an inch around six inches long, got a big ball peen hammer, a really fat one that we used for chipping away stone to make stone walls, and I carved ST into that rock. So when the aliens come, and someday they are going to come, they'll see my marking and know that I was here to make contact and that I was one of the humans who wanted to live forever. That was my kid thought. I visited the rock recently, wet my finger, and rubbed it on the place where I carved my initials. (laughs) And they were still there. I took some cigarette ash and put it in the S so I could take a photograph of it. E.T. Meet S.T. That was my childhood. I read too much. I fantasized too much. I lived in the what if. When I, re- when I read Khalil Gibran, I recognize the same alien shiver of wildness. And forget not that the earth delights to feel your bare feet and the winds long to play with your hair. Troy Rico went the way of my childhood. Lost and gone forever, my darling Clementine. It stopped being a summer resort somewhere around 1985. You can't go home again. You can go back, and it's not the same. It's all crazy, small. Gives you vertigo to go back. Like if you went to visit your mom, walked into the kitchen, and she had a different face. End of chapter one. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. So we're close to 30 episodes deep, and we're just done with chapter one. <laughs> yeah. Those, uh, last, chapter those two. Those last little bits sound like Aerosmith lyrics. <laughs> uh, just uh, to look into next week chapter 2 the header is zits and tits <laughs> <laughs> there's a very problematic issue with that title <laughs> yeah particularly with what we know about him now yeah yeah. okay well, well we could retitle it pimples and dimples <laughs> <laughs> pimps and dimps all right, ding. <laughs> Andy Dufresne got out a long time ago, but I'll never leave this place. I'm going to shit my pants. Oh, that's, that's going at the end of this episode. Oh, God.